Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Hello, welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, episode 49. I am Chad Harris, your host for today's episode. All right, so today we are talking about the Burr method or the Burr strategy. And we're just gonna go through the basics today, introduce the concept, and then coming up, I'll go through some more deals uh, in a little more detail. So the Burr method is crazy popular. If, if you've been reading about real estate, listening to podcasts, anything, um, everybody's talking about it and using it. A lot of people were doing it long before it had the catchy name, but it is a catchy name. So what exactly is the Burr method. Why is it so popular? That's what we're going to talk about today. So the Burr is an acronym, B and four R's. So the B stands for buy. Um, using this method, you're going to buy generally with all cash or some kind of quick funding method, private money, hard money, something like that. And you have to buy at a steep discount. And then the first R is for rehab. So you're going to have to do some work on the property because to do this method effectively, you have to increase the value of the property or create an equity spread between what you bought it at and the later value you're going to refinance at. So that first R is for rehab. Second R is for rent. This is a buy and hold property. We're going to rent it out to a qualified tenant and start getting that monthly income. We love the monthly income. The third R is for refinance. So whatever type of money you use to purchase the property, whether that's your own cash, private money from a lender, hard money, whatever that is, that's generally short-term money. We don't want to leave that money in the deal or we can't leave the money in the deal. And so part of the method is we're going to refinance that out into long-term money, whether that's another private lender or a bank, credit union, some kind of traditional financing. And the last R is repeat. So one of the key benefits to the method is that once you have the money for the initial purchase, and you have a relationship with a lender to be able to refinance, you can just keep recycling that money, deal in, deal out through multiple deals. So you don't have to raise money, find money, save money for future deals. You can just keep repeating it. So it is like a cycle that you can just keep doing. That is a really good benefit to this method. All right. So what are our target numbers? If we're looking at deals, wanting to use this method, um, generally I try to look for numbers similar to a flip, if you've ever heard the 70% rule. So I'm looking for a purchase and rehab that's going to be less than 70% of the ARV or 70% of the after repair value. So that would mean that if, I'm buying a house and after I put in some work, it's going to be worth $100,000. Then 
my purchase price and my rehab costs need to be less than $70,000. Now, the reason that number works well is because it's fairly easy to find a bank that will refinance at 70% of value. So if you, with your purchase and rehab, only put in 70% of the value, then you'll be able to get all of that money back. And that's the key to being able to keep doing it is that all of the money comes back out of that first deal you can use for your next deal, third deal, fourth deal, etc. So it's similar numbers to a flip. Cash flow, generally people are looking for $100 to $300 per door. That's just a ballpark figure, you know, each investor has their own target numbers, but that would be after the refinance. Um, really, it, it's up to you, but those are just ballpark numbers to look for when you're running numbers on potential deals. All right, so this is one simple example of a burr. I'll get into more details in future videos, but a simple example, this house I bought and a, it was a foreclosure, purchased it for 18,000. We had to do $4,000 in rehab, but because it was a foreclosure, you had to pay all cash, so that limited the number of buyers. And then we fixed it up, refinished the hardwood, removed carpet, um, you know, different things with the rehab, made it nicer, made it rentable, rented it, all in, we were at $22,000. So that was our initial investment. That was our purchase plus rehab. $22,000. After we had done that and rented it, the value was $55,000. Okay, so we were in, all in, at less than 50% of the ARV or 50% of the value after the repairs were done. It rented for $800. And so that initial purchase was all cash, the purchase and rehab that was cash from a previous burr or previous refinance. So we had put $22,000 into this project. I refinanced it with another private lender, $35,000 loan at 8% over eight years. So it was a high payment, um, but that's the way I structured it. And so with it being a $35,000 loan, when we refinanced it, I got back my $22,000 that I invested, plus I got an additional $13,000 from that refinance, cash out refinance, to use on future deals. And then cash flow was about 175 a month. And with it being an eight-year amortization, that house, the loan was being paid down quickly. Now, that was a real simple burr. Use that money, that 35,000 we got for future purchases. Now, this one is interesting because I've owned it long enough that we refinanced it again. So <clears throat> four years later, that loan was halfway paid down but the property value had risen. So instead of being worth 55,000, it was worth 70,000. Well, we got a new loan. We bundled some properties together and refinanced with a bank. 
The new loan on this house was 49,000. The old loan, since it had been paid down, was 16,000. And so our cash out, the cash we received from this refinance was $36,000. The rent was still 800, it's been the same tenant. Let's not get into whether I should raise the rents. So the new payment on that loan instead of 494 is 393. It's lower interest and longer amortization. And so our cash flow from this refinance actually went up. So the cash flow rose to 275 a month. So it's just a good example of the benefits of using the Burr method, holding the properties, because we made money, we made cash flow every month while we've owned it. And with the refinance, we get big chunks of cash. And our cash flow is getting better, keeps getting better, or has gotten better through the two refinances. So that's just one example. All right, so real quick, should you use the Burr method? We're gonna do the pros and the cons. Pros, it is no to low money down or low money invested. So if you don't have much money, as long as you can find a lender, whether that's a hard money lender or a private lender, it's a very good method to use when you don't have much money. It allows you to build equity or create equity. When you do that rehab, you create equity in the deal. And then if you are building a portfolio and you hold on to your Burr properties, you will build a large chunk of equity. There are low to no tax consequences. The cash you pull out from that refinance is not taxed. It's not shown as income, even though you receive it in your bank account. And the cash flow uh, that you receive each month from the rent, you have all the great tax benefits like depreciation to help shelter that income. And you get fast money at the refinance. It's good to get those big chunks of money, whatever that amount is. You create passive income from the rent and it is sustainable or repeatable. So there's a lot of really good benefits to this method. Some cons uh, to the method, it's a slow process. You have to do a decent rehab normally to get that uh, elevation in property value. The example I shared was a small renovation. It was more because it was purchased all cash, but however, whatever deal you can find. If you can buy it at 50% of the after repair value and not put much into it, that's a good deal. Do that. Um, a con is there's no big fast cash. You have to do the rehab. It's not like a wholesale where you don't really touch the property. And you'll need to manage contractors. If you're gonna do a lot of the work yourself, that may not be an issue, but if you wanna scale your business or really grow your business and push, you will need to be able to manage contractors. And if you've ever managed contractors, that can come with some cons <laughs> or some struggles. All right, so let's compare the Burr method to a flip. I'm gonna go the benefits and uh, benefits and negatives for both sides. So the Burr method, if you do a house and do the Burr method all the way through, you will not have to put much money into the deal. You should get all of your money back out, whatever you do put into the deal. With a flip, it's the same. You should not have to put much of your own money in the deal. It should be coming from your hard money lender, private lender, whatever. 
So they're the same there. The Burr method, you build equity when you rehab the house. A flip, you build equity when you rehab the house. That's the nature of a flip, that you are creating equity in that property by making it nicer. The Burr method, you get cash when you refinance it. The flip, you're going to get cash at the sale. Generally, you're going to get less cash with the Burr method because you have to leave some equity in the deal. Whatever your refinance method is, you can't pull 100% out. Um, but the flip, you have expenses with that as well. So you'll get more cash at the sale. The Burr method, you keep ownership. A flip, you sell ownership and you lose all the benefits of owning real estate. Burr method, there's low to no tax, very low tax burden. A flip is high tax. Usually you're going to do that deal in less than a year. And so it's a high tax rate. A burr, you build passive cash flow. Every one you do, it's just like stacking dominoes, right? If you get 10, your cash flow starts to pick up. If you get 20, you're really going to start bringing in money. A flip, if you do 10 or you do 20, you still have no monthly cash flow. Your only profit source is from generating that one deal, that one sale. And so the Burr method builds passive income. And a flip is active income. So you have to be involved with that flip. So that's the comparison, the burr versus a flip. I tend to lean towards the burr. You probably know that about me already, but I like keeping the ownership of the properties. I like the low taxes, the passive monthly cash flow. That's what I like, but to each his own. All right. Okay, some ways, some ways to tweak the Burr method to really make it better. You can, when you refinance it, you can do interest-only payments. This is true if you're using private lenders, and that reduces your monthly payment to your private lender, which means you keep more cash. You have greater cash flow. And if you're going to hold it long enough for that property to go up in value, Later down the road, you would refinance it again and uh, pay off that private lender. That's a good way to get higher cash flow quicker. All right, you can get 70% up front from a private money lender, and then you kind of take one of those R's out of the process. You don't need to refinance that property. If, if you're going to buy it for 50 and put uh, 10 in the rehab, but it's going to be worth 100 you can get $70,000 up front from a private lender where then you would purchase the property, put the 10 in the rehab, and keep 10. That's, that takes a step out of that process, makes it a lot easier. Your private lender will be happy, and it makes it a good deal for you. Um, you can improve management, increase your cash flow. If you take care of the management and are really focused on it, you can usually do better than a company who's not owning it and doesn't uh, have as big a stake or interest in it. You can market for deals. So this has uh, really been true as of late, or at least the last few years, that it's hard to find these great deals on the MLS, or it's hard to find 
even in the last year, it's hard to find really amazing deals from wholesalers because there are so many people wholesalers are marketing to, they generally know what they can get. And so if you do your own marketing, if you reach out and talk to your own sellers, you it takes more effort, takes more costs for marketing, but you can find better deals. And it's just a trade-off for you, whether you want to to put in that money and time, but you will get better deals, lower purchase price, which means you can pull out more when you refinance it. Additionally, you can make this method better by sweat equity. I don't necessarily recommend it, but if you do some of the work yourself, then you will pay less on your rehab and you will receive more on your refinance. So that's a way to make the method better. All right. So I really hope this basic introduction to the Burr method helped you out. I hope you found a lot of great information. And if there are things that come up, if you have questions, if you have comments, go ahead and uh, post them or you can email me chad at truewealthinvestors.com. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.